Welcome to Podcasts of Foes. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, we worked with more than 20 of the community's favorite live play D&D podcasts to record special episodes using monsters and lore from Tome of Foes. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and dungeon masters, and hopefully you will find one or two new podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, head to dnd.wizards.com slash mtof, or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. I wanted to thank Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords for organizing all these amazing adventures from the community in this podcast of foes. And to find out about the next D&D adventure, check out the Stream of Many Eyes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. More information on that event can be found at dnd.wizards.com slash s-o-m-e. Have fun listening to this awesome one-shot adventure featuring monsters, stories, and lore pulled straight from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, available in game stores on May 18th and everywhere else on May 29th. Have fun rolling dice! Welcome to You Meet in the Tavern Podcast of Foes Edition. We are here. We're going to preview some content coming up in the the new book by Wizards of the Coast, Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes. So I was sent the book a little bit early, read through it, some awesome stuff in there, and we're ready to play with our regular podcast characters and give you a little taste of You Meet in the Tavern as well as with some extra stuff in there. So, um, why don't we do some character intros for those that don't listen to our podcast regularly? We have three guys that play. Um, I am the Dungeon Master Joe, and we have Jamal, who plays a character named Durf Turf. So why don't you give us a quick little um, intro into what Durf is all about? Durf Turf Toe is a druid of the Circle of the Shepherds, who has uh, the animal handling like feet so he kind of specializes in uh animal stuff he's friends a friend to all creatures of the earth <laughs> cool as a druid should be yeah <laughs> well but you know it's druid circle of like the fucking moon you're a friend to the moon you're you're incidentally friend of all the creatures of the earth but i am a particularly friend to all the creatures of the earth nice all right we also have brian who plays a paladin human paladin you want to tell us a little bit about carl i play carl with a k a young uh, upcoming paladin fairly new to being a paladin uh and is really just trying to find his way uh and figure out what he is actually all about sweet and then we have kirk who plays tug mugbar the halfling monk tell us about tug uh tug is a halfling monk uh, he is a drunken arts master, or we'll say, we'll say apprentice, I guess right now. 
Um, having a lot of fun with the character. Uh, I guess the firecracker of the group. So hopefully with the podcast of foes, we can give you a little idea of what our characters are all about. Let's go. All right. Yeah, we are ready. Um, a little bit of background. Uh, I won't give you the whole story of our podcast, but right now the guys have made it back to the Arcane Tower, which kind of works as their home base for all the missions they go on. And um, it's a tower for <clears throat> basically wizards and school for adults and kids alike. And they are there and they just dropped off after the most recent mission. And you guys go to sleep. And Durf, you wake up one morning during your stay at the Arcane Tower, and you find that your beloved pet rat, Eugene, who you got in episode one, is nowhere to be found. Durf says, Eugene. He checks under the bed. He checks in the holes. Various holes. All the holes he's aware of. (laughs) You find Eugene in no holes around you. That's weird. I head down to the food court to check out our favorite falafel stand to see if he's pilfering any falafels. <laughs> Just as you like head towards the door, a wisp of white smoke comes in through the crack, and it floats into the pool by your bedside. And the smoke swirls around for a few minutes before you see the face of Professor Kenitzer. And he's not talking to you because this isn't like a two-way message, but he does have a message for you, and he says, uh, Yeah, uh, D- Durf, Durf, uh, we have a problem. It's about Eugene. Bring the boys up to my lab in the Hall of Knowledge ASAP as soon as possible. Was he talking like Eugene just then? No. That's kind of, okay. Was he? Maybe yeah, he was. That's my mistake. Like your Eugene voice. Just your relatives. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Well, it's close. They're very close. Okay. Well, so where did he say to go? It, it repeats. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Durf, Durf, we have a problem. Uh, it's about Eugene. Bring the boys up to my lab in the Hall of Knowledge ASAP as soon as possible. I, uh, you know, I get together with the boys, crack open a cold one with the boys, and head up to the Hall of Knowledge, or whatever he just said. All right, you guys going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're in there. We going Otherwise, in. Otherwise, just derf. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so you enter into the massive library, that is the Hall of Knowledge, And you climb the stairs around the great oak to the professor's lab. As you open the door, you gasp to see the northern wall is pulsating with this grotesque black pus and slime. A crack down the middle emits a dull, pale light, and gray fog seeps through the opening down to the floor. And you see Professor Kenitzer pacing furiously around the room. Hey! (laughs) Hey there, bud. What is that? He says, "Oh, oh, thank God you're here. I, I was, I was, I was working on it. Come in, come in, come in." And he sets you down, and he pulls something off his desk, and he says, "I was working on a new artifact for the Archmage when when things went horribly, horribly wrong. It was an ancient book we found, full of monsters. And as soon as I opened the pages, blam! It shot out this beam of energy that opened this strange portal to a place called the Abysm." I think I can close it, but but there's a problem, and this is what I was talking about, Durf. Eugene is in there. He he came he came in just as I was opening the book, and and the blast shot his little rat body straight through the wall. Um, excuse me, Doc. Uh, real quick, uh, the the abysm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this dark place in the abyss. This place called the called the gaping maw. I, I don't know. I've been reading about it in this book. It it doesn't make any sense to me. It seems there's other portals. Uh, there's other planes besides this world that we live on. Okay. Well, uh, mm. so when Eugene got blasted through the doorway, I mean, rats only have like one. HP, are you telling me <laughs> something? Like, are you breaking this to me very awkwardly? No, no, I mean, I heard him scream the whole way, so I don't think he died. I mean, there's no telling what could happen on the other side, but you've got to find out. You've got He's your buddy, isn't he? Yeah, I guess. What, yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. He is an imperative uh, person in the group. Um, Probably the most important person of the group. Arguably the most important. There. What, 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 what do you know about uh, what's in there? And he flips through the pages Barrels. and he says, "He says I've I've been reading through some of these pages and and like I said, this is the portal and it's it's to some place called the Gaping Maw and I th- I think I might have opened it up to a the lair of a monster called a Demogorgon, mm. a demon lord of some sorts. This this thing is massively evil and strong. Not only that, but its lair is swarming with creatures known as the Sorrow Sworn." They're grotesque forms that embody emotions of distress and despair. Sounds pretty cool. Okay, you're not the one going there, kid. <laughs> so I can see how uh, how you'd be all fired up about it. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling this for a rat, fellas. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> Durf says, nope, we're going. All right. We're going. <laughs> You've convinced to Sorry, I, I said at the beginning of the show that I was a friend to all creatures. We're going. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> oh. all right, he, says, he says, here, here, take these. And he hands you three torches, unlit torches. And uh, he says, it's going to be really dark in there. And he hands you a small pouch containing a single pocket portal. He said, I, I, I peek my head in there and it's, it's really dark. Be careful. And try to avoid the sorrow sworn as much as possible. Do not, I repeat, do not engage the demogorgon for any reason. Did he? Did he just say to engage the demogorgon? No, I said do not. Do I? I wrote it in caps on my sheet. Do not engage the demogorgon for any reason. Uh, all right. No promises. <laughs> You you will yeah, die. That's, <laughs> that's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> you you will die, and our podcast will be over. <laughs> wow, just uh, shattering that. that we'll just out. have to engage him really carefully. <laughs> as soon as you have Eugene portal out of there, I swear I'll try to hold off closing this as long as possible. But once it's closed, the pocket portals aren't gonna work. So they are, only work on the same plane. Are these sorrow sworn? Are they what kind? What can you tell us about them? I, there's not much in this book on there. There's pages ripped out. I just know it, it's as if like fear itself has transformed into a being, or anger, or loneliness, or these emotions that you have of distress and despair have transformed into these beings that are are massively strong. I'll tell you what, guys. Um, I won't feel despair, loneliness, sadness, or fear if we don't go. So, <laughs> uh, theoretically, you, Eugene is safer if we're not there. Boom. End it. <laughs> One shot over. <laughs> and, and convinced that Eugene will find his way home, the party goes back to bed. Please. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, Professor she... Kenner is is just looking at you guys, like hearing all of this, and he's like, "Uh, so." <laughs> nah, J.K., we're going in. By the all way, right. I can see in the dark, and I hand him the torch back. Okay, <laughs> he takes it. BT dub. Are these like undead or fiends? They're they're not they're not fiends. They're not undead. They're just monstrosities. They're like these these strange creations. How much HP they got? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of HPs. Durf going in hard with the soul read on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you guys ready? In there. Yeah, let's, At, yeah. By the way, did we long rest? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're, you, guys, we're yeah, you, you long rested. You are full everything. Seven HP and no spell slot. Yeah, Otherwise, you would have been Considering the last episode we recorded just moments ago, uh, old, old Tug Mugbar was <laughs> running on E. <laughs> <laughs> on fumes alright so you guys step through finally you step through this slimy goo crack and <laughs> adjust your eyes to the darkness around you is this the sound it makes when we go in yes nice. just that yep you make that sound with your mouth as you walk in <laughs> and uh <laughs> You light your torches, and you find yourself at the edge of a long bridge of black onyx that stretches over a lake of dark water. All around you are cavern walls that stretch hundreds of feet into the sky. The air here is thick with rot, and everything is covered in a dull gray haze. At the other end of the bridge is the top of a large palace structure that breaks the surface of the lake. Two serpentine towers crowned by a skull-shaped minaret. Red flame flickers in the open mouths of the skulls, beckoning you forward. Okay. So you said it's beckoning us forward? It is. It looks like it's beckoning you forward. Well, let's, let's not Let's, let's not go, do but that. Let's, let's creep. Turf walks towards it, but he's creeping. All right. Um, you walk across this bridge over this black lake, and you get about halfway across, and you see movement up ahead. This bridge is only about five feet wide, maybe five, six feet wide. How long is it? Very long. Can Durf, being a druid, tell the wholesomeness of the water surrounding them? Um, Give me an insight check. Insight? That's always shit I suck at. <laughs> then stop doing shit you suck at. Or a nature check. You give me insight or nature. Nature. That's a much better idea. Hell yeah. Sick audible. <laughs> uh, that is a... What's my nature? Pretty high. 20. Not natural. This is very bad water. Uh, okay. I like, was going to jump in and walk on okay. the You do not want to go inside this water. Better than okay. I tell the squad this water is unwholesome. <laughs> Anti-shout out to this water. <laughs> the movement up ahead comes from a small dog-like creature. You only see the back of it, um, and it's faced because it's faced away from you. And it sniffs along the bridge floor, wick- wiggling this tailless bottom half to and fro, as it waddles forward on two legs. Carl um, runs up and punts it. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Is that happening? I mean, yeah, I feel like I guess, if you say probably. it, it happens. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it happens. Totally. yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, All right, Brian, you run up and you punt this thing. Give me an unarmed strike. That would be a, a 22 to hit. It'll hit. It's a 1d4 plus your strength. Six. Six? Yeah, I rolled a one for damage. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, you you run up and you kick this thing and it kind of jerks forward a little bit, 
before turning around and you stare into its two giant eyes, green and as large as dinner plates. I mean, specifically, I was trying to like punt it off the bridge, but I'll take this, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this thing, I mean, although dog-like, it's dense. It's very heavy. It's like kicking a rock. (laughs) Great. Yeah. It opens, yeah, it kind of hurts your foot. It opens its mouth to reveal five rows of razor sharp teeth dripping with goo as it lets out a horrible screech. And you hear several splashing sounds and turn around on the bridge to see two more identical looking creatures dipping with, dripping with water climbing up the sides of the bridge, looking like they are ready to pounce. Roll initiative. I mean, Ugh. to be fair, I've already dealt six damage. You have, that's true. That is, to be fair. I rolled 17 twice in a row. 20. Okay. Tug impressing our listeners with a very stout 25. Damn. Nice. You didn't expect that. You thought I was setting you up for the reversal did. there. Did you roll? How did you get a 25? 22. I rolled an 18. <laughs> I rolled an 18. Okay. I was adding impressing my Impressing uh, our bonus. listeners with math. <laughs> uh, not with math, with misinformation and lies, there's a difference. <laughs> All right, Carl, what'd you get? Uh, an eight. An eight? Yep. Summarily destroying our credibility every time <laughs> I open my mouth. Holla. <laughs> All right. So, Tug is going to go... F- oh, just kidding. Actually, who goes first, because they just rolled a natural 20, is one of these creatures, and I'm just going to say it just because we are kind of promoting this book. These creatures are called the Wretched. These are the Wretched. And one of them that climbed up off the bridge, since Tug and Durf are kind of in the back while Carl ran up to punt the first one. So the two behind you, one of them is going to lunge out at Durf, the first creature he sees, with a bite attack. I will dodge it. Okay. Rolls a 17 against Durf. Hit. (laughs) Eat it, Durf. All right. Hit. And you are going to take... You're going to take eight damage, Durf, and this thing attaches to you. This thing lunges up, and its rows of teeth kind of, like, suck onto your back. Like um, a remora? Or suck onto your chest, because you turn around just like a big, giant leech. Or a lamprey. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So it is It is sucked onto you hard. You can use an action to remove it uh, if you want, but otherwise it's stuck on top of you. Sucked onto me hard. Tug, you're up. <laughs> you're, you're so cool. Tug, you're up. Um, <clears throat> well, I will use a key point to start sloshing. Right meow. Um, and then I will go to the nearest one, which he ran up and kicked one, one engaged with Durf, and then is there another one or just the third, there, the third okay, one. So, yeah, there were two behind you, one attacked Durf, and there was one in front of you that Carl's engaged with. So the nearest one technically would be the one that's literally sucking on Durf's chest. Um, I will leave that one be. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I will engage the unengaged Lamprey, the wretched okay. hybrid. The wretched. Um, and I will, I will use, uh, I'm going to use... Crazy Hermit opens cask. Once if I let me check all my documents here. <laughs> I will read it for our maybe new listeners. Um, and by the way, this isn't the official uh, Drunken Master uh, skeleton or shell. 
This is one we found online and I've been using since. So, here we go. You kick with both legs, sacrificing position for power. As an action, you can spend two key points to fall prone and force one creature in melee range to make a dex save. On a failed save, the creature takes 5d8 bludgeoning damage, plus 1d8 bludgeoning damage for each additional key point I spend and knock them prone. On a successful save, the creature takes half damage and is not knocked prone. All right, so I'm making a deck save here. You're going to be making a deck save. Go for it. Natural 20. Hooray, we're taking half damage, boys. <laughs> um, in that case, I will uh, roll my 5d8s. Can you queue up our dice roller majig thing? <laughs> Sounded official, right? Very. Dude, seriously? Take nine damage. This is a nightmare. 5d8, nine damage? He, he rolled, rolled an 18. 18. That's fantastic. All right, nine You're damage. The worst. And this, this actually is, um, is going to take half of that because of reasons. So that's five damage to this creature. Cool. Thanks, Durf. That's what I. That's what Tug said. Thanks, Durf. And gives him like a wink in the gun while he's laying on the fucking ground prone. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is Durf's turn. I don't fucking know. Same, um, same. So you can detach this thing, or you can attack it. So how big is it? It's uh, it's pretty large. I mean, in the in the monster manual, it is small, but I'd say it's about the size of a dog, like a Rottweiler on your chest. Thick, dense Rottweiler. Thick with two C's. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know. I feel like if I take him off, he's just gonna do it again. Um, but if I attack him, he's gonna like suck me. Also with two C's. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll rip it off. Durf is extremely um, flustered by the fact that this thing is attached okay. to his chest. Nice. He tries to rip it off. Yeah, you do it. You don't need to roll a check or anything. You just rip that sucker off, and it falls to the ground in front of you. I can't and throw up it next- into the w- lake. No, it takes a whole it takes a whole six seconds to like peel this thing off your chest. Gross. Up next is the is the wretched that Carl punted, and it turns around and it lunges right at you, Carl, and it's going to roll a twenty-two. Yeah, that hits. And it does nine damage to you, and it also attaches to your chest right on your armor. It's kind of that some of its teeth are piercing through as it does nine damage to you, and it's latched on tight, and it's your and you're up. Can I move like freely with this yeah, thing? Yeah, you like can attached? move freely. You're not technically engaged with this. It's attached to your body, so as you move, it'll move with you. Okay. Um, it's the size of I'm a going Rottweiler. To... Yeah, that's really big. Anyway, go ahead. A small Rottweiler. <laughs> Isn't that maybe uh, a beagle, right? A thick beagle thick. with two C's. <laughs> two C's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to kind of rush back towards uh, Tug and Durf, seeing as one of these is already attached to Durf. Well, uh, he ripped it off. Oh. Okay. Seeing as uh, our odds are better if we are all together, uh, I will going to draw my short sword and rather than try and remove the one that is attached to me 
I am going to uh, strike at the one that attacked Tug. Okay, sweet. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't attacked. No one has attacked that Tug. T- the one that Tug attacked. That's good because okay, I'm prone right now. Yes, because so he's laying prone. Right, right, right. Gotcha. I got a 14 to hit and a 15 to hit. Uh, the 15 will hit. 14 will not. Six damage. Okay, so it's still up, but you slash and you peel off a big chunk of skin on its left side as it howls and screeches with this giant mouth full of teeth. Yo, and it's- remember when I used my fucking limit break and dealt it five damage? <laughs> uh, it it takes this hit and it reels back and screams and rushes at Tug, who is prone on the ground, seeing some easy prey. It's gonna roll advantage. So that's a seven and a twenty. Hold on, doesn't he get disadvantage from protection? Probably because I'm on. The, I, I don't know if that works because I'm prone, right? I don't know. I so have... it would cancel out, so it would just be one roll. Right, so your first roll was a seven? So my first roll was a seven. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, so he misses. Yeah, so he lunges out, but Carl, at the last second, you pull up your shield, and it bounces off and skids to the side of the bridge. Tug it pulls is now out. The cre- oh, shit, sorry. What? Sorry, I thought there was a pause there, uh, and I was going to say Tug pulls out his short sword for the block, um, but oh, never mind. The moment's <laughs> Missed passed. opportunity. The moment's passed. <laughs> We're back to the top of the order, and the creature that ran towards Durf is going to try to suck on again, Durf. <laughs> suck. With two C's. Rolling a five this time. That'll miss. So it misses Mega Maid you. has gone from suck to blow. <laughs> Tug, you're up. I guess I'll stand up. Uh, is that, that eats up my bonus action, right? Getting up from the ground? No, it just takes half your speed. Fair. Um, in that case, I will... Uh, pop up, and I will uh, unleash three attacks. Nice. 20, not natural. 17. And another Fisher-Price 20. Uh, all three will hit. G status. Here we go. Four, eight damage. <laughs> Dude, why are you shitting on me, dog? God damn. 21. All right, you will kill it. Tell us how you kill it. Ooh, um, it's got the face suckers. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna like uh, unleash. It's gonna it's gonna be a couple. My first two shots are gonna go to kind of like the 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 Rottweiler dog ish wretched chest of it to kind of get its mouth to drop open, and then I'm just gonna fire a fist in there and punch through its skull through its nice. mouth. Yeah, you fire your last fist straight through its mouth. It actually dies from the first one, so you're really just punching a corpse. But your last fist flies through its mouth and pops out the other side of its back. Dope, dope. And it's dead. Nice. Durf, you're up. Um, well, I don't want to waste a spell if these guys are pretty easy to kill, but I also don't want to get sucked again. What's it, what's in a straight line between me and the guy? Um, behind him, basically. Behind him, uh, tug. Ugh. Go for it. Well, how's your strength? <laughs> oh boy. Um, eight, a negative one. Yeah, nope. Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Solid read on the situation. Okay. Um. Well, you know, I'll cast a, I'll cast 
Well, is there a moon in this realm? So there is no moon, but as you look up, you see these cavern walls kind of converge to a hole, almost like you're inside of a volcano. And you see a couple specks of stars above, so you can see the sky from where you are on the bridge. Okay. Um, well, so I'll do it, and I'll, I'll um, have it shine down kind of geometrically so it catches uh, the dog monster in the cylinder, but nobody else. Okay. Cast a moonbeam. Yeah, and so whenever it enters the spell's area or starts its turn there, needs to make a constitution saving throw. Nice. Okay, so it'll do that first since you are creating it. It is technically entering in it. Yep. Con save. That's a 13. Um, no. Okay. So he takes 2d10. Seven. Okay, you don't kill it, but it takes this damage and it hurts it as it screams out as this beam of light is traveling down and just encompassing it completely. Up next is the Wretched that is on Carl. It is automatically going to do six damage to you, Carl, as it sucks the life force out of you. That's necrotic damage, and it's your turn. So it's attached to my chest. This is the one I punted, right? Yep. And there's still one other one, correct? There's one over engaged with Durf. I'm going to move to that one. Uh, okay. And I'm going to Divine Smite it. Or, well, nice. Wait, roll me a con save. Are you maybe doing that in such a way that you... Well, yep, you roll know. me a con save. Roll me a con save. <laughs> uh, me or him? You. That's right. Carl. Because you are running into this moonbeam by attacking this creature. 21. Okay, you're good. Yeah. Does he still, take half? He still dirt? takes one d10, so three. Okay, Five. three damage. Uh, and the guy, well, the the suck monster on his chest should also. Oh yeah, good call. He's still on your chest. Very good. Okay, so con save. That is a one. <laughs> that will not do it. Um, so he takes nine. Nine damage. Yeah. Okay, he dies. So as Carl runs into this moonbeam, he gets blasted with this radiant light, but the creature attached to his chest just fizzles and disappears. Nice. All right, the one that's alive, uh, first to hit is 23. The second to hit is a 15. Uh, Both will hit. I'm just going to use normal attacks. Eight damage total. Okay, you kill it. Tell us how you kill it. Uh, I look at it. And I stare into its eyes, and, and I just look at him like, nobody ever told you that you were a good boy. It's okay. I'm here to tell you. You are such a good boy, and everything is going to be okay. And then I just kind of pat his head and rub his rub him between the ears, and he dies. And he dies. <laughs> I killed, killed him with think, kindness. I think he actually kind of like looks up at you and whimpers a little bit, and then scampers off. Uh, I mean, I guess. To sure. death. Unless you want to kill it. No, scampers off the deck. I tried to punt his friend. He already died. (laughs) He already knows what's up. You're out of initiative. Did it. So, uh, Durf, how about we uh, we go ahead and drop that portal head home, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That was was pretty fucked up. Given how wimpy those monsters were, we did kind of a shitty job fighting them. Uh, Welcome to You Meet in a Tavern. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess we uh, ignorantly press on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Across the bridge that you now finish crossing after a couple minutes, you get to a large open door with stairs that lead down into the palace, down under the depths of this dark lake that surrounds you. So you're going underwater. Each step is met with more darkness and an increased stench of death and decay. Every few minutes you hear the wailing of unseen creatures in the distance. You get the feeling that if you were to stay here too long, you would surely go mad. A few minutes later, the wailing stops, and the only sounds you hear are the beating of your own hearts, the flicker of your torchlight, and the low, continuous, scraping sound of metal on stone coming from the large opening up ahead. How moist are our surroundings? <laughs> <laughs> shout out. On shout a scale out to Mo- from 1 to 10, I give it a solid 8.5 in moistness. Wow, nice. Uh, keeping in mind that I can see in the dark, can, can I see something coming towards us? Not coming towards you. Um, what you see up ahead through the opening is kind of like a, a balcony railing of sorts, but you don't see any creatures from where you're at. I'm going to creep up. Okay. I'm creeping. Stealthily. Okay. Ro- everyone roll me a stealth check. <laughs> Too easy. They didn't say they were creeping up. Why don't you ask for some hard shit there, Joe? <laughs> um, I got a... Natural one, baby! <laughs> You're lucky. Roll it again. You're a halfling. Roll it again. 14. I got a 15. Cool. 11. Worst um, monk ever. All right. Why is Two of you pass? and sneaking? Two of you pass, so you're good. He didn't even so say you sneak did. up. Okay. <laughs> you sneak up. You sneak up to the top of the balcony, um, and you're on the second level, and you're peering down over a railing to a sinister-looking cathedral. Tall black pillars reach up towards the arched ceiling where several large, spidery chandeliers hang from thick chains, the flames of their candles licking at the air wildly. Dusty pews sit shattered and broken on a dark tile smooth as glass that spans the floor. At the end of the chamber is a tall altar, decorated with carvings of people going mad and doing horrible things to themselves and others. The altar is backdropped with a gigantic stained glass window depicting much of the same, and there are stained glass windows surrounding either side of the walls. There are two creatures in this room that you can see. One of them is the source of the scraping you heard before. Almost human-like, a seven-foot-tall, gray, bulbous creature walks hunched over along the cathedral floor near the altar. Its legs are sharpened metal to a point, and it drags one of them along as the other moves it forward. One of its arms is sharpened similarly, nearly the length of its body while the other drags behind it like a rope of sinew and shredded tendons. You get a glimpse of its face and see nothing but pure sadness. Its skin droops below its eyes as if decades of fallen tears have permanently morphed its cheeks into a never-ending state of sorrow. The second figure is much more recognizable. Tied to the altar with black rope, currently silent and unmoving, is none other than Eugene the Rat. Um, uh, the surface that we are kneeling on, is that like rocks, stone? Like, what is that? It's wood. So you are it's on wood. a wooden balcony overlooking this cathedral. 
Interesting. Hold on. I think I have some fucking spells here. And I'd say the, this creature that's kind of dragging along the floor with these metal arms and legs, uh, from the point where you are, probably 120 feet ahead. And and how far are we from Eugene? Uh, the Eugene is right up next to this. So this thing is just circling the altar. How Eugene's far of a right drop there. down is it to like the first level? A drop? Uh, yeah. Probably about 60 feet. Is the floor in there a long way. made of stone? No, it's it's like it looks like glass, what you can see. Moist glass? <laughs> Most likely moist. Yes. Okay. Eighty five percent chance of is, is being there moist. condensation. Okay. Okay. Um And for hmm. those listening at home, this creature is called the Lonely. <laughs> Retweet oh, Metagaming. That guy looks pretty lonely, Durf mutters under his breath. How dexterous does it look? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. <laughs> it has needles for legs and arms. I'll give you that. Um. Okay. So I want to tell everybody to hang back because I'm going to do some fucking turn the floor to ice. So calm shit. <laughs> um. I want to creep down. Well. So wait. There's no stairs down. There. You. Um. From from the balcony, you see a small. Very thin. If you've ever been to the cathedral, you know, like, up to the choir loft, there's always, like, a really, really skinny spiral staircase. Yeah. Or usually there is. That's what it looks like. Okay. But it's um, a rickety metal staircase, probably going to make some noise, unless I, you're really stealthy. I want to turn into a... Frog. Regular <laughs> spider. Lame. Okay. Small spider. Okay. Small spider. And just creep down the wall over to the altar by myself. By yourself? Yeah. Okay. Um, you change into a spider, very small spider, wearing Durf's clothing, and roll me a stealth check for your spider. Ugh, nine. Nine? Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you creep up, and you're crawling on your little spidery legs, all eight of them, and... Let's see. How do you fuck this up? <laughs> oh, good, good. You start Great. crawling. Uh, you have got you've got like a million eyes, and you're used to only two, so your vision's kind of blurred. And you start crawling up what you think is the altar, but you realize it's actually the leg of this creature. And it looks down at you, and it's like, hmm. Okay. When Tug sees that, he. He immediately jumps up on the railing of the balcony they're on, points the cable call, and fires it at the at the beast to just drag him into the into the beast and into combat. Okay, Carl, what are you doing? I guess I'm gonna run over to the stairs and, and run down and make a bunch of noise because I was right. left behind. I, I pass a hundred percent of my sleight of hand and sneak checks when I'm doing nothing important and fail one hundred percent of the times so I'm trying to do something cool. Alright, so a Durf is climbing up the creature as a spider. Tug leaps onto the balcony and extends his rod that pulls him towards the beast's chest with this cable as Carl is rushing down the stairs. Let's roll initiative. I'm so fucking pissed. I had a whole plan. <laughs> One. What? what you you could have brought me along. I guess a four. Seven, uh, Fourteen for Tug. 19 for Carl. 19 for Carl. 14 for Tug. And 4 for Durf? Yeah. 
All right, so up first is this this creature with these these shredded, sharpened legs and arms, and it sees Tug coming, and it is going to stick out its long-ass sharp arm and just try to pierce through you, Tug. We did. It rolls a 16. Just shy, baby. All right, that does not hit, so... You manage to duck out of the way. You dive out of the way. You release the cable call and kind of roll to the ground by its feet just as it swings out. Um, and instead, it's going to try to reach down with its sinewy tendon arm and try to wrap it around you in an embrace. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 21. Okay, that passes, but you are still going to take 11, 17, 21. You're going to take 10 damage. 11 damage. So this thing grapples around you and pulls you in, and you are grappled. Okay. Even though you've passed, you are grappled. Carl, you are up. You are still about 80 feet away, just at the bottom of this staircase. So what do you want to do from that distance? So I get 30 feet to move, right? Uh, whatever your speed yeah. is. Or yeah. you can dash, which means that's your action, but you double your speed. Yeah, I'm just going to dash uh, and then prepare myself for the next round. All right, so you rush forward on this glassed floor, leaping over pews towards the altar. Tug, it's your turn. You are grappled. Uh, how does that work for our listeners? Definitely just our listeners. You can use an action <laughs> to try to release from that grapple, or you can attack, even though you're grappled, but at disadvantage. Oh, it all sounds so shitty. Um, I guess I'll attack at disadvantage. Okay. Well, that's a two, so I'm assuming we're going to hold on to that. <laughs> Followed by a three. <laughs> uh, so that one's a 21, so I'm assuming... That will hit. I'm... That one will hit. Oh, well, I have to re-roll the second one for disadvantage. Oh, yeah. Uh, four. Two, three, four. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Tug's the best. Tug's the best. <laughs> go Tug. The best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's mad. That's my turn. Oh, you didn't hit with anything? No, no, sure oh, fucking okay. didn't. <laughs> all right. Sure fucking didn't. All right, so you miss. You whiff as you are grappled. You just completely whiff on all your attacks. Durf, you're up. Uh, I'm going to summon... Well, you are still a spider. Ah, fuck. Is it a bonus action for me to untransform? I don't know. Probably something I should know. I'm going to... um. I'll use a bonus action to untransform. I guess I'm, like, on top of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will summon a... Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> I will summon my Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a, I will summon an Oryx. That's an a new Oryx. thing I can nice. summon. Okay, roll, a, roll initiative for that. 14. Uh, 14. Wait, what's his dex? Zero. 14. 14? Okay, so it's going to go after Tug next round. And I'm going to an summon Oryx? it. An Oryx is... It's kind, It's basically a bison with sort of stylized twirly horns. Okay. Like a, <laughs> like, a, like a bison mixed with like a cool mountain goat thing with twirly horns. Like a giant, sounds dope. Like a giant cow. It's in um, since we're 
doing shouts out to Wizards products. It's in Volo's Guide to Monsters. Okay, sweet. All right. So you summon this RX that appears where? Uh, I'm going to summon him approximately 20 feet away from... Uh, actually, let me make it... What's his speed? 50 feet. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll summon him 30 feet away. Okay. Get up a good head of steam foreshadowing. So he's about the same distance away as Carl is. So they are both rushing towards this creature. Um, it is this creature's turn. And as you are close to this creature, Tug and Durf, you just feel this overwhelming sadness consume you. And I need you to take... Oh, I need you to make wisdom saving throws, both of you. Again. Finally, yep. a fucking save I can make. I'm probably going to roll a two. 14 for Tug. <laughs> um, 13. Okay, both of you fail. And cool. both of you take 12 damage. All right, old Durf's having a tough day already. <laughs> you take 12 psychic damage as you just feel this overwhelming sadness consume you. And it is his turn... And he is going to reach out with his harpoon arm at Durf. Rolling a 15. Miss. That'll miss. Okay, so you dodge out of the way. You roll out of the way. And it is going to reach. It's it's still holding on to Tug, actually, with his other attack. So he's just going to grip onto Tug tighter. And Carl, you're up. So he is still like 20 feet away. How far away is the altar? Uh, about 10 feet behind him. Maybe, I mean, like, 5 feet behind him. So I'm going to uh, continue to rush towards him, but bypass him and approach the altar. Okay, you are going to take an attack of opportunity if you do that, because you have to rush past him. Sure. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 19. Hit. And that will do... a shitload of dice. 15 uh, I'm sorry, 15 plus 18 piercing damage and you stop in your tracks as he grapples you. He pierces through your armor and his harpoon arm uh, just gets stuck in between two of the plates and you you are grappled with it. So you got Tug and you both grappled now. Tug, you're up. I don't get to make an action oh, at all? you can make an, yeah, you can make an action. Sorry, yep, you're grappled, but you're up. I'm gonna cast, use, I'm gonna reach out uh, and lay my hand on Tug and okay. cast Cure Wounds. Nice. Alright, how much does he recover? Uh, 1d8 plus 5. 11. So you, you reach your hand out and touch Tug and he's filled with this holy blue light and he recovers 11 hit points and it's your turn, Tug. Uh, still grappled. Um, <clears throat> I'm assuming a grapple is some sort of athletics or strength check, right? Yeah, it's a it's a strength um, strength save. Strength save. Let me check my stats on that. It's a minus one. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I'll just roll through it. You also get a plus two. Ooh, so plus one. I'm still rolling through it. Uh, Twenty was the low on the first attack. Nice. That'll hit. Twenty-two was the low on the second one. And 15 was the low on the third. Okay, the first two will hit. The third will not. Okay. For 12 damage. Okay, nice. So I'm just kind of arms free, just fist pounding down on it, trying to free myself uh, through damage as opposed to strength. 
Nice. Okay, and this long arm of his, you're breaking off some of these tendons that are just spewing onto the ground. It is the Oryx's turn? Oryx's? Oryx. A-U-R-O-C-H-S. Oryx's turn. Oh, oh, okay, I know what that is. Yes. Yeah. It's like a prehistoric cow. Okay, got it. With curly arms, kind of like a goat, kind of like a bull. Got it. Yep. Uh, like a mix. Yeah, you got it. Cool. Uh, he's going to charge. Uh, we should move at least 20 feet. So he's going to charge at uh, the guy. I guess at whatever. He's kind of a weird creature. Whatever appears to be his head. Yeah, he's got a head. It kind of hangs low on his shoulders. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna charge at his like head slash upper center mass and uh, do a leaping gore. Nice. All right. Um, and he rolls. Fuck. An eleven. That will miss. All right. <laughs> I've been rolling like shit for the past few hours. All right, so um, it rushes, but this creature sees it coming and turns to the side with both Tug and Carl grappled, and the Oryx just rush, runs past it and hits against the altar and smashes his head against the altar. And Durf, it's your turn. Um, I'm going to use a bonus action to throw down my unicorn totem, kind of centrally located, so we'll all be within its aura. Okay. And use a... What level do I want to use? So that's a healing totem, right? Uh, yeah, for the listeners, that is a healing totem, which gives all of us advantage on checks to detect creatures. Um, so if anyone is unsure of whether there's a creature in the room with us, um, <laughs> you can find it. And also, whenever I heal, I can... Whenever I use any spell that heals... Um, I can heal everybody else in the aura for uh, my druid level, which is seven. Nice. All right. Um, so actually what I'm going to do to kind of maximize... I'm standing near Carl. Yes, you are, you're all three kind of in the same area around this creature. And I think Carl just took a pretty beefy hit, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I will use a second level cure wounds... I have to walk over to him and use a second level cure wounds on Carl, which will sort of set off a chain of events. First, I do 2d8 plus 4. Find my d8s. So that will be 14 directly to Carl. Everyone else in the aura... Well, everyone in the aura gains seven. So Carl will gain 21 back. I will gain seven. Tug will gain seven back. I will gain seven back. That also triggers my healing help, which I have like never used. (laughs) Um, Oh, the item, right? Yeah, which gives me an additional 1d6 on which I roll a three. So I I gain back 10. Tug gains back seven. And Carl gains back 21. Sweet. Very good. All right. All right. So that's your turn. Um, And all three of you are within five feet of this creature. So again, this overwhelming sadness just just intensifies as you are feeling drugged down in these emotions. And you each take 14 damage. We don't get the wisdom save? Oh, I'm sorry. Wisdom save. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wisdom save. Four. Awesome. Taking it anyways. Uh, Just doesn't matter. Fucking seven. Carl? I've been, I've been, we're, I was complaining all last episode that we only do strength and constitution checks. <laughs> and I have plus four wisdom, 
which is good for shit. <laughs> 21. Okay, so Carl, you don't take any damage. Tug and Durf, you both take 14. Awesome. Love to heal and lose all of that HP immediately. <laughs> you are both grappled. Yeah, so one of its arms is grappling Carl at the moment with the harpoon. The other arm that's kind of hanging by the side is grappling Tug. So he's going to try to swing now his harpoon arm at Durf with Carl attached. Uh, rolling a 13. Miss. Oh, I'm sorry. Advantage. Sorry. A 14. Okay. So also miss, miss still. Why All right. So he misses. Uh, he gets advantage when there are at least two other creatures within 30 feet of it. Oh, bummer. Joy. Otherwise, it has disadvantage. Interesting. Okay. Um, Carl, you're up. So he's Time not. Roll out the big guns. This guy's got a not, lot of help technically pierced Tug, right? No, he's got his long sinewy arm around Tug and one of his arms has pierced through your armor and you're kind of stuck in place. So seeing as uh, I am currently pierced by this thing uh, and it has a hold of Tug, I am going to uh, I want to reach out and grab Tug um, in a, as firm a grip as possible and attempt to cast Misty Step. Oh, nice. All right. Tor- and to- I, I have allowed this in the podcast in the past for him to grab someone with Misty Step, so we're going to let it happen in this case. Um, yeah, you can do it. I mean, that's just a spell, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's a bonus action. Give me a slide of hand check just to see if you can kind of maneuver yourself around to grab Tug. 18. Yeah, that's that's plenty. Perfect. Yep. You grab Tug and you Misty Step. Where, where are you Misty Stepping? To the altar. Okay, nice. The and other then, side of the altar? Yes. And for, right. my, for my action, I want to try and pick up Eugene. Uh, okay, give me a... So he is like attached like bound. by dark black ro- uh, ro- ropes. Yeah, okay. he's bound. So um, give me another slide of hand check. That's a five. Okay, so in this short amount of time span that it takes for you to also to misty step and drag Tug back behind the altar and try to also fiddle with the ropes, you just can't seem to undo him. Tug is up. Um, so I'm out. I've been misty stepped. Um, uh, can I try and should I try and free Eugene? Yeah, you can totally I mean, do that. He's not gonna help. I guess we could run. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of what we're getting at. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna try and uh, slide a hand and grab Eugene. All right, give me a slide of hand. Twenty, not natural. You do it. All right, so you are ripping these ropes off. You're ripping these ropes off as as Eugene is finally starting to wake up. And he just says, guys, guys, help, help. He's freaking out. And only Durf understands that. Right. He's squeaking (laughs) towards Tug as he's doing that. So, Durf, what do you say back? We got you, buddy. Very good. Sort of. (laughs) Is he talking to us? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know who he's talking to. All right. So so you, you tear apart these ropes and you free 
Eugene, and he's just yelling like, help, 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 as he wakes up. And Durf and the Oryx are up. It's their turn. So what do you guys want to do with this information? Well, Eugene... So you just saw Tug and Carl kind of free Eugene at the altar about 10 feet away from you. Um, I guess... Well, I mean, definitely the... Well, the Oryx is up first, right? Yep, yep. Well, he's going to stay and... Regardless of what we do, he's going to stay and tank this monster. Um, So he's... You said he ran past and kind of bashed the altar. How far away is he from the monster? Five feet. Is he engaged? Yep. But he can try to distract (laughs) him. I'm having a bad day. Well, he can, but he can't charge if he's going to get pinned in place when he tries to walk away. I could say 10 feet. You want him to be 10 feet away? I do want him to be 10 feet away. Uh, He's about 10 feet away. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, The Oryx uh, will do kind of a long loop. He'll run 10 feet away and come back around, and he's going to take another shot at charging the guy. Okay, nice. And he rolls a 17. That will hit. Yeah! Something good happened! Um, so he does 4d8 plus 5. Nice. 22, 27, 27 damage. Damn. And he has to succeed on a DC 15 strength save or be knocked prone. Okay, strength? All right. Yep. Oh, that's a 14. Nice. So, so he's pr- it's knocked prone. Yeah. So, so here's what happens. Um, Tug, and, Tug and Carl, you guys escaped. Let Eugene out. Durf, you are commanding your Oryx to commit this massive gore attack. And your Oryx leaps off the ground and goes airborne and slams into this creature's chest and head who goes flying backwards away from you. And as soon as the creature hits the ground, you feel the room around you begin to shake violently. Your eyes instinctively direct themselves to movement that you see outside the cathedral windows. Outside, the world is shifting slowly. The walls of the cathedral begin to creak. The chandeliers sway back and forth and then crash. Massive tentacles break through the windows on either side of you, inching their way closer, wrapping themselves along the tall black pillars. All at once, the stained glass ceiling shatters in an explosion of glass shrapnel that covers the cathedral. What you see behind it sends a fear down your spine that nearly paralyzes you on the spot. And Eugene is just flipping his shit. Two gigantic ape-like heads are conjoined at the neck, their empty yellow eyes staring down at you with matted fur and rotting flesh sitting loosely on their skulls, razor-sharp dripping teeth filling their gaping mouths. Together they scream, and whatever windows still intact in the cathedral explode with a deafening crack. What do you do? Okay. I think we need to run, boys. Carl goes gently into that sweet night. Um, it was nice to be are we, are we out of initiative the, uh, podcast yeah, I know, basically the creature is prone and your orcs is on top of them so as me as a DM are giving you an out okay I mean or we could just stay and fuck this guy up I you don't. can fight a demigorgon that's fine I don't think uh, Tug I think elects to not do that approximately 9 million <laughs> HP uh, just from looking at him so uh, 
uh, golly, what should we do? I guess it's my turn, but we're out of initiative. Do you guys have any ideas? My guess is we should make way for the back of the chapel, I guess, which would be towards like the front of the like a, we pray to you. We pray to Eugene that he finally assumes his uh, elder dragon form. <laughs> <laughs> I did give you guys a pocket portal at the beginning of yeah, this. Yeah, but we don't want to use it yet. Okay. Um, it's only, it's only okay. 10.07. Maybe we, we still got some time. Maybe we do. Let me... Uh, Durf throws the pocket portal down on the ground and it Sorry. appears. <laughs> you, you toss this small black marble down on the ground and it expands into a human-sized portal that covers the floor directly in front of the oryx. Or behind the oryx. Um, I jump through. I say bye, buddy, to the oryx. He he ain't come make it. <laughs> All right. For no reason whatsoever, um, tug fastball specials Eugene through the portal before <laughs> before <laughs> jumping in himself. You, you chuck Eugene through the portal, and he's like, holy shit! And Durf, Durf <laughs> and, is the only one that uh, hears that. <laughs> before Carl goes through, he's going to... Uh, Scoop up some of those black ropes that were binding Eugene and then head through the portal. All right. Doug, are you running after? Oh, yeah. I literally just crow hopped and launched Eugene through and then just ran ran through the portal right. myself. You leap onto the altar and swan dive down into the portal and you arrive back at Michael Kenitzer's lab and he is already working on closing it. And at the last second, just as you hop through, you hear a snap. And it closes shut, and you guys are free. Hooray! We, and he says, did "Oh, that didn't, that didn't take very long." Um, we're on true. A, we're on a deadline. True, true. Um, so anyway, there's really nothing very interesting in there. Um, and you should probably not explore that avenue any further. Very boring. Eugene just wandered in, and we just grabbed him and came back. A lot of walking. A <laughs> lot, lot of walking. <laughs> All right, very good, very good. You guys completed my one shot of death. How do you feel? Good. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, these uh, monsters, that monster was a lot more difficult than I thought. Yeah, it was a lot more difficult than I thought, too. So. How much HP did it still have? I because totally thought you guys were going to kill it. That was my plan. Um, it had one, well, no. Carl just did a bunch of it. It had about 70 HP left. So yeah, we, we, were we had die. to go another couple rounds. I think. I mean, we could have killed it if the Demogorgon I didn't think show we up. I think we would have died. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you um, if you want to hear more of us, of the guys of You Meet in a Tavern, please go and check out our podcast. You can find it on Podbean, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify now, all, all sorts of places where you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter. That's at YMIA Tavern. You can kind of catch us on Facebook and Instagram and all those social media places at that um, at that hashtag or that mention again. Why am I a tavern? Uh, anything you guys want to say before we sign off? Yeah, thanks for bearing with us. Check out our regular episodes. Uh, please put up with our audio in the first couple. It gets better because of Joe's hard work. We promise. Yep. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of um, great great fans that have stuck with us, and uh, we're just happy to to present our stuff and bring some entertainment to you. Hopefully, um, go listen to the other other podcast of foes episodes. We got a lot of great podcasts out there that are putting together different content from this book, Morden Canaan's Tone of Tome of Foes, and be sure to pick it up at your local stores on uh, may 17th and 18th all right well thank you everybody enjoy your day and the rest of podcast of foes and we will hopefully 
see you. We won't actually see you, but we will. You will hopefully listen to us later. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs>